Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Lord's Prayer. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Llewellyn, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so somehow, in all of the years we've been doing this, we have managed to never cover the Lord's Prayer. How is this possible? I don't even know. (laughs) And the reason I even thought of it for today is I was looking at the bulletin for last Sunday, and we have been having all these alternate versions of the Lord's Prayer. Yep. So before we get into those alternate versions, let's start with the OG. Where does the Lord's Prayer come from? All right. So the Lord's Prayer is the prayer that Jesus taught us. It is found in both the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. And it is a prayer that the disciples ask Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray with this kind of, not a formula, but this particular prayer. And this prayer from these two Gospels then carries through the centuries all the way through to today. We have what is commonly referred to now as the traditional translation of the Lord's Prayer. Okay. That begins with, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is exceedingly well-known, very common in English, and it has been memorized by hundreds of thousands, millions of individuals prayed throughout you know, the world turned into music many times over. So, so much music. And that is the traditional. But before it was translated in that form, which I don't know exactly when that was translated, I'll be honest, probably it has the Ring of King James Mm -hmm. English to it. So probably about the time of the King James translation, I could be wrong. But before that, it was the Pater Noster, right? Because it was mm-hmm. the it was translated in Latin. Prior to that, it comes out of the Greek scriptures. Prior to that, it would have been spoken in Aramaic, the language of Jesus when he was teaching. And so it's important to understand that the prayer that Jesus taught us has always been something that has been translated over and over and over again. From the time it lands in our scriptures, in our canonical Greek scriptures, in the Koine Greek, it's already been translated from the Aramaic into Koine Greek. What do you want us to make of that? Does that mean we shouldn't trust it or the variations that are to come are just more iterations of that? Or what point are you making? I'm trying to make the point that when we start to say, well, the only way we can do this prayer the right way is by saying, Our Father who art in heaven. Okay. I want us to remember this prayer has always been bigger than one set of specific words. Well, I'm kind of thinking that even between the two Gospels that it shows up in, it's going to be different in each one. Teeny, tiny, slightly different words. Yeah. Okay. That's less variation than I was expecting, actually, given the way most of the Gospels tell things pretty differently. Yeah. The location of where it is taught is different. Who's listening is different. The heart of the prayer and the prayer itself is pretty static. 
So it shows how much this prayer was truly seminal, truly deeply important to the early church and has held through the test of time being incredibly critical and incredibly central for people of the way and Christianity once it was legalized and moved forward. So is it something that is mandatory in worship? Depends on your tradition. Yes. Okay. I will say that in the Lutheran tradition, as we worship, yes, it is expected that we will pray the Lord's Prayer during the liturgy. It is mandatory in the sense of it is an expected piece of the liturgy, whether you have communion or you do not have communion. It is expected in the liturgy of every service, basically, whether it is a communion worship service or a memorial and a funeral, a burial. This prayer is expected at basically every gathering where we worship together. That being said, if you forget to include it, which I have done, Mm -hmm. the world does not fall apart. Jesus does not show up and yell at you. Lightning doesn't strike. Lightning doesn't strike. Angels do not descend. Demons do not arrive. Nothing catastrophic happens. But yes, this is a piece that you will typically find at every single worship service or every single gathering almost when we gather. Fascinating. Okay, let's talk about some of these variations. Who usually creates them or gets to create them? Anybody? Well, often it's kind of like the translations of the Bible. Mm -hmm. We've had these conversations throughout our podcasting years about how biblical translations are done. That sometimes they're done by committee, sometimes they're done by individuals. And if you want it to be more textually accurate, you will look at kind of committee translated works. If you want it to be more poetic or more emotionally accurate, you may look towards a more individualistic approach. Same thing with the translations of the Lord's Prayer. If you're looking for something that is more textually, academically correct, look towards those that have been done by committee. If you're looking for something that is a little bit more fluid, a little more poetic, a little more open, that kind of a piece, then you may want to take a look at those that are done by individuals or by worship and arts organizations that are trying to offer commentary or an opening of the Lord's Prayer with a cultural lens to it. And those kinds of offerings... They hold true to the essence of the prayer and the essence of the meaning of the prayer while using words and poetic structure that evoke a different sense. So in the same way that we can think of in English, we have one word for the word snow, but the Inuit people who are indigenous to Alaska have multiple words for the word snow. And so their poetry around the word snow is going to be much more nuanced Mm -hmm. and have much more imagery and evoke many more kinds of feelings when talking about kinds of snow. There are different cultural pathways to speaking about God 
that can be brought into translating and bringing this kind of poem prayer into speaking. And so that's where some of these variations come from. That's where the opening up of this prayer comes from. Does the ELCA have anything to say on this? Do they care at all what variation you use? Not formally, no. The ELCA has formal books for liturgy that we offer out. And so they have the formal kind of traditional Our Father printed in there. And then they have a more modern translation printed as well in our liturgy books. Beyond that, in our congregation, we've used the New Zealand prayer book translation. We've used the Nez Perce. We've used quite a few different translations. Mm -hmm. And those are coming from additional resources outside of the ELCA. There's nothing that is going, we're not going to get censored. We're not going to get in trouble from the ELCA for using those resources, but they're not ELCA published resources. We are going outside of and beyond our own culture, beyond our own, mm, beyond what we create in order to open it up. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that intentionally. So is that something that the congregation has put forward that they would like, or is it something that you asked for? That's actually coming from the membership. Okay. It's coming from members of the worship committee. It's coming from members of the social justice coalition. It's coming from our anti-racism team. It's coming from all of those who are doing this kind of work to kind of keep our worship space as part of that group that is living out our challenge and our call to be stretching and viewing the world in ways that are beyond our own personal experience and our own personal comfort. If someone wanted to go look and see what's out there, where would you point them to? Would they have to go through and find different translations? Is there a resource somewhere online that has a bunch of, I'm going to say reputable for lack of a better word, versions of this? You just start digging. You just start researching and start looking. It can be hard to find them. And it is hard to find, rep. I mean, what is reputable mm -hmm. in this kind of a sense? It is poetry. It is translation work. And so I think it's important that you have the Lord's Prayer in your heart and that you know you have a relationship with the prayer and its meaning so that when you read it in another translation or another form, you can get the sense, is this saying it in another way that is accurate and expansive, right? Anytime you're engaging something and it expands it farther, then I think particularly with scripture or with a prayer, what we're hoping for is to expand the prayer, make it larger, less containable versus shrinking the prayer and making it more controlled. It's like the Psalms. You, you don't want to find another translation of the Psalm that makes it more containable because that's the opposite of what poetry is. You can't contain a poem. The Lord's Prayer is like that. Finding a translation of the Lord's Prayer should expand it and break it open farther for you. So to, to read, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then to read, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed is your name. 
oh, that changes it a little bit. It opens it up for me. It takes it out of this, you know, Elizabethan kind of English and puts it into my English. And that opens it up a little bit. Okay. Abba Ima, who is in heaven, your name is holy. Oh, Abba Ima, that's the kind of language that a child would say in Aramaic for mommy and daddy. Oh, this is like a, a parent-child, like a loving parent-child tenderness, familiar. Oh, well, that breaks it open even more. It's not, you know, and, and God is a little, little more open-gendered. Wow, that's interesting, right? So each time there's something a little bit different, Holy Creator who is in heaven, in the creation, in this place of all being, you are everywhere and in everything, and your name is proclaimed divine in every breath of every creature. Oh, well, that just helped me understand that this is about like the holiness, the great divinity of the creator who made everything. And now we're looking at how this is we're speaking to the one who makes everything and that God is always present and always around us, right? So when that translation breaks open the phrase, gets us out of our rut of just reciting rather than praying, mm -hmm. then you're finding something useful. You said this has come from the congregation has there been any pushback from other members? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. What is the main critique? It's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. Mm. Mm -hmm. We like what we have known. And that is, we are Lutheran. <laughs> right? And uh -huh. we attend a traditional Lutheran congregation in the sense of we are a people who like our liturgy. We're not a high church congregation, but we're not a low church congregation either. Mm -hmm. We're a congregation who does really enjoy the liturgy, and we really do enjoy things that are repetitious. We enjoy having things that we know and that give us the pattern of our week. That is part of who arrives at Central Lutheran and who stays at Central Lutheran are individuals and personalities that thrive on pattern and repetition and the comfort that comes in pattern and repetition. And so while the challenge of having these new translations is beautiful and good, we also find great comfort in the familiar, in the connection to history, in the connection to the ancient that comes with doing things the same way year after year, time after time. And that is holy and important as well. This is where I'm going to say, it's got to be a both and. <laughs> sure. So what do you tell the people with the pushback? Just hold on in two weeks, the regular one will probably be back. What I offer or have been trying to offer is trying to get people into the mindset of being able to pray a language that serves their hearts and in some ways trying to bring back a little bit of cacophony to that point in time so that not everyone has to say it the same way. So you could use 
a different translation, you could speak the traditional if that's what you need, or you could speak a more contemporary, or you could speak the Nez Perce, or you could speak the New Zealand, or or you could speak it in Spanish. You could speak it in a language that was your primary language if it wasn't English. You could speak it in Swedish. You could speak it in Norwegian. You could pray it in Russian, right? Like I think that's another piece of our churches that we ignore when we expect everyone to pray the English traditional Lord's Prayer is that there are hundreds of thousands who pray it in multiple different languages, in Italian, German, in the languages of Africa. These are all languages in which the Lord's Prayer gets prayed in different translations. And so I wish, as much as I love praying it together and having our voices kind of meld a bit, in the pattern meld a little bit, I also love that that time becomes a little bit of a Pentecost moment in our service. Mm-hmm. And allowing just all the voices to blend together and letting it be a little bit of cacophony. It was one of my very favorite things about Zoom worship. Oh, man. And one of my least favorite, especially is the person with the mute button. (laughs) I loved it because what we would do is we would unmute everyone. We would invite everyone to unmute. And whoever was talking the loudest, Zoom would let it go, but it would it would cut in and out. Mm -hmm. So you would get to see all the faces of everyone and it would just kind of cycle through and the sound was cacophonous. And I loved that so much because for me, the Lord's Prayer is this holy moment in every service where we connect ourselves with everyone else in the world who is praying the Lord's Prayer at exactly that same moment, because we know every single moment of every day, somewhere else in this world, there is someone else praying this prayer at the same time. So we connect ourselves across the miles and across geography with someone that we don't know, but who is another person of faith. And we will never know who they are, but we're still connected. And We're also connecting ourselves through time with people who have prayed this prayer before us and will pray this prayer after us. And oftentimes in the same geography, if we're in a church building, a sacred site. And so it's just this gorgeous moment. And when we unlock ourselves from having to have specific words for it, and we just let ourselves be in the sense of the prayer. Mm Mm-hmm then it doesn't matter what the words are. It matters that we're praying the prayer. That is 100% opposite of the learn it by rote Catholic (laughs) upbringing that I had. It's kind of blowing my mind. And this is why I am so much closer to a mystic than (laughs) a professor. (laughs) Okay. Has there been any that you've been like, no, I can't do this one. The only one is unfortunately one of my favorites and uh, it's set to music and I love it so much. It's a beautiful tune. Unfortunately, the music was written by someone who has since been proven guilty of predatory sexual behavior. And so we no longer utilize his music in worship. Interesting. And so that is... That is a piece that I will no longer sing. 
and will no longer use in congregational singing. I get it. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Do you have a favorite? This is hard. I think my favorite translation, probably I fall back when I'm tired and exhausted. I still fall back on the traditional because it's the one I've known the longest as well. But my favorite is when I get to whisper it and not lead it because there's so little in worship that I get to just be a participant. Mm -hmm. And it used to be, especially with the Lord's Prayer, that I could, because it's during communion liturgy, it's it's right during the communion liturgy. Mm -hmm. And so during the Lord's Prayer, I used to be able to drop out on my mic and really just let myself be a part of the congregation and focus on how my voice blended and listen to the communion of the saints in that moment and really ground myself in that worshiping moment of the prayer, which is probably why it's such a holy piece of the service for me. Mm -hmm. It is harder to do that when I am very aware that my microphone is the only microphone on at that time. And so for the people on Zoom now to have anyone to pray with, because we no longer do the unmute all, Mm -hmm. for people on Zoom to have anyone to pray with, they need me to be praying out loud. Oh, that's fascinating. And so now I have to be loud enough in my prayer that I can be heard on Zoom. And I'm very aware that people on Zoom and who are live streaming the service are praying along with me for the Lord's Prayer. And so I'm leading that portion again. So I think my favorite is when I get to lead the Lord's Prayer or when I get to be a part of the Lord's Prayer and I am not leading it for anyone, but I am simply a part of it. That's fabulous. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the Lord's Prayer. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for listening along. If you have any other questions or thoughts about this, in fact, we could even sit and spend time on this and go through the petitions and what they mean. I can't believe we haven't done the Lord's Prayer. Well, hold on. That could be next week. (laughs) It could be. Uh, If you have questions about the Lord's Prayer, if you want to learn more about a particular petition or what it means, send us your questions, podcast at centralportland.org. And as we continue on our podcasting journey, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes. We would love if you would give us a like, share this with people, and pop a review in there. It'll help other people find us and maybe follow along in the fun. In the meantime, until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what. 